Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible.Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If, by chance, you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, we're starting the fifth book of the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy. The name means second law. And if you remember, in our last book, Numbers, we learned that the Israelites did not enter the promised land on the second year because of sin and disbelief and rebellion against Moses, Aaron, and the two men who said that they could take the land, Caleb and Joshua. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation passed away. And now this new generation is about to enter the promised land. So Moses is giving his last words to the people before they go. And he is restating the commandments of the Lord. In case you did not know, the Pentateuch means five scrolls or five books. It can also be called the books of the law or the Hebrew word for that is Torah or Torah. They are also called the books of Moses. Both the Old Testament and New Testament attribute the books to Moses. Joshua chapter 23 verse 16, 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 3, Malachi chapter 4 verse 4, Matthew chapter 19 verses 7 and 8, John chapter 7 verses 21 through 23, and Romans chapter 10 verse 19. As a review, Genesis means beginnings, and God is the creator of it all. He is the initiator of this story. But starting in chapter 2, we get the second main characters of the story, humans. It just takes one chapter for humanity to sin, but in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we get the first glimmer that God has a plan of redemption. Jesus tells the serpent, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This verse is sometimes called Proto-Evangelium, which means the first declaration of the good news or the gospel. And for those who have read the New Testament, we know that the he that is mentioned is Jesus Christ. The serpent, or as in Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 declares, and the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So Satan struck Jesus' heel when he was crucified, but Jesus crushed Satan's head when he rose again. Woohoo! This amazing Bible, both Old and New Testament, tell one story over thousands of years, and we are a part of that story of redemption. Now, also in Genesis, we have the flood because humanity's sin became so great, it grieved God's heart. God raised up Noah to build an ark in order to save them. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. From them, we have the beginnings of the nations. It is through the line of Shem, which is where we get the word Semitic, that Abraham came. God spoke to Abraham and made a covenant that he would bless him with land and descendants that would outnumber the stars. Abraham's son Isaac was the promised son, and it was through him that Jacob was born. 
God changed Jacob's name to Israel, who had 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. Genesis ends with Joseph, one of his sons, as second in command in Egypt because God raised him up to store food due to a severe famine. There were 70 in Jacob's family, including Joseph, that moved to Egypt in order to survive. Now, Exodus, which means departure or going out, begins with a Pharaoh that did not remember Joseph, and he abused the Jews because he was afraid of how many there were in his land. God raised up Moses to free the people from bondage. He did that through plagues, which showed that God of the Jews was mightier than the gods of the Egyptians. Once released, the Jews exited Egypt. But the Egyptians came after them. The Lord parted the Red Sea and the Jews walked on dry land. But the Egyptians drowned when the waters came back together. Exodus ends at Mount Sinai, also called Mount Horeb. This was where Moses received the Ten Commandments plus other laws and directions. It's also where the children of Israel committed three times to everything the Lord has said we will do. It only took 40 days for them to break their promises, and Aaron made a golden calf for them to worship. Moses came down from the mountain with the stone tablets, threw them down, broke them, which also showed that their commitment had been broken. But the Lord still made a way of atonement, and this is called the tabernacle. In Exodus, Moses and the people built the tabernacle just as the Lord commanded, and this is where Exodus ends and Leviticus begins. Leviticus is unique in that most of the book, the Lord spoke mainly to Moses, who then spoke to the people the words of God. There are laws for the people on how to approach the Lord with offerings, and then laws for Aaron, who is called to be the high priest, and his sons, the priest. There were rules for their job in keeping the tabernacle and on how to approach God because he is holy and we are not. So the tabernacle and the various offerings made a way for us to have fellowship with this holy God. Leviticus begins and ends at Mount Sinai. Numbers began at the mountain and the Lord called for a census of the people. Numbers ends after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness with a second census, and now they are on the plains of Moab by the Jordan River across from Jericho, Numbers chapter 35 verse 1, and they are preparing to enter the promised land. Two and a half tribes have land on the east side of the Jordan River, Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh. But they committed to fight for the promised land on the west side of the river for the rest of the clans. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 begin. These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the desert east of the Jordan, that is in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazareth, and Dizahab. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir road. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. 
This was after he had defeated Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, and at Edri had defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth, east of the Jordan in the territory of Moab. Moses began to expound this law, saying, One thing that makes Deuteronomy unique is it is no longer the Lord said to Moses, but the words of Moses. And Moses began to expound this law. Deuteronomy is Moses' last words to his people. Now the phrase, it takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea, means that from the Mount of God, Mount Sinai or Horeb, to Kadesh Barnea, which is the southern tip of the promised land, it's usually an 11-day trip if you took the road. But how long did it take these people? 40 years. We learned in Numbers chapter 20, verse 1, Miriam died. And chapter 20, verse 28, that Aaron the high priest died and his son Eleazar took his place. Numbers 33, verse 38 tells us Aaron died in the first day of the fifth month of the 40th year. We also know in Numbers 27 that the Lord told Moses that Joshua would succeed him. Numbers 27 verses 12 through 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain in the Abiram range and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin, both of you disobeyed my command to honor me as holy before their eyes. These were the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the desert of Zin. Neither Moses nor Aaron was allowed to enter the promised land because of their sin. Now the part of Sion king of the Amorites and Og king of Bashan are the two places on the east side of the Jordan River which was conquered by the Israelites and two and a half tribes now have settled in that land. Chapters 1 through 4, Moses told the story of how the Lord said it was time to leave Mount Sinai or Horeb and how they ended up here, about to enter the promised land. He prepared the people to receive the law, which begins in chapter 5. And he said, Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Chapter 4 verse 2. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray for him? Chapter 4 verses 2 through 8. He encouraged the people. Chapter 3, verse 22, do not be afraid of them. The Lord our God himself will fight for you. In chapter 2, verse 7, the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast desert. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. One thing to remember with this verse is that in the prayer of Moses, in Psalm 90, verse 17, he prayed, May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. It seems at this stage in the journey, Moses' prayer came true. 
He even warned the people, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Chapter 4 verse 9. Therefore watch yourself very carefully so you do not become corrupt and make for yourself an idol. Chapter 4 verses 15b and 16a. Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Chapter 4 verses 23 and 24. He then shared that when they disobey, the Lord will scatter them. Then chapter 4 verse 29. But... If from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. There is a way back and our Lord is willing to forgive. One thing I want to end with is since these are Moses' last words, we see three times that Moses blamed the people for his sin that kept him from entering the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 37 Because of you, the Lord became angry with me also and said, You shall not enter it either. The second time is found in chapter 3, verses 21 through 29. Moses commanded Joshua, who was going to take his place, and then verses 23 through 27 say, At that time I pleaded with the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deed and mighty works you do? Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country in Lebanon. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me any more about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east. Look at the land with your own eyes, since you are not going to cross this Jordan. The third time is chapter 4, verses 21 and 22. The Lord was angry with me because of you, and he solemnly swore that I would not cross the Jordan and enter the good land the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. I will die in this land. This shows us that this is Moses' words to the people. And what I like about this is that it's like the Psalms and the Proverbs. It is humanity's viewpoint. Now let me ask you, Did God not allow Moses not to enter because of the people? No. The actual story is found in Numbers chapter 20 verses 1 through 13. Miriam had just died. The people were complaining about not having water. The Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to speak to the rock. But instead, Moses said, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Moses disobeyed, and truthfully, I am still pondering the Lord's answer to him. Verse 12 said, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. It's Moses' sin that kept him from crossing. He did not trust God enough. And when we trust God, we honor him as holy and the people see it. 
Moses let his anger get the better of him, and it seems to be mingling in his soul. The reason I like this is because I can relate to this. He's like me, and I bet he's a bit like you too. Yet God used him mightily. He can do the same with us if we let him. So ladies, let me ask you, is there someone you need to forgive? Being a pastor's wife for 30 years plus, I have had moments of being angry with God's people. Sometimes it was because I felt they were not obeying God. And other times I now realize it was because they weren't following my leadership. Every time I have spoken in anger, I have regretted it every single time. There have been many times I have needed to forgive others. It is a process, but if you surrender to the Lord, he will help you. It sometimes helps to remember some of the good times with those people. Some other questions this passage asks us. Do you trust the Lord enough? Do you honor the Lord as holy? If you have turned from the Lord, he's calling you to come back with all your heart and soul. Will you? In Moses' day, God forgave through sacrifices. But since the New Testament, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 say, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ladies, you are loved. Jesus paid the price for you. If you have heard his voice today, please don't harden your heart and turn away. Instead, let's be women who turn to him with all of our heart and soul and let's obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.